Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. The title of this message is a great thing done by God. Over the next few weeks, I hope to show you, the show the church, the importance of our church and our community. And I want to do that over the next three weeks. Uh, have messages that will just encourage you, show you why it's needed here today, and what we can do to be a blessing to our community. And that's what we're going to do over the next few weeks and talk about the importance of our church. And I believe when you find something that is important, you, you put value on it. And so I want to show you that our church is important. Our church is important to each individual that's in the church, but it's also important to those outside the church because we have truth and we can share that truth. And this morning, to, to begin this message, uh, in talking about the, the church itself, our church, Central Baptist Church, uh, I didn't know several of the pastors that came before me. Uh, in the 1930s, uh, the pastor of the church was a gentleman by the name of uh, Brother M.L. Moser Sr. Uh, his son, M.L. Moser Jr., pastored the church for many years after him. But it was during the 1930s that the church saw its, what you would call its greatest growth. In a four-year period, there were a thousand, over a thousand members added to the church. Over 750 of them were through salvation and baptism. That's revival, folks. That's revival. That's not just taking people from other churches. That's reaching the lost. And I once, I never got a chance to meet Brother Moser Sr., but I met his son. And I asked him once about, you know, what took place during that time. What does he remember? What does he uh, know of? And, you know, he said his dad would always say it was God who did it. It was God who did it. And then Brother Moser Jr. shared this with me. He said, you know, he goes, it was done when there were no gyms, no fellowship halls. He said it was just a church building with pews and a pulpit. He said his dad would often say all we did was we prayed for revival. And then we shared the answer that people needed, and that's Christ. He said people were hurting during that time, and people needed help. Well, they're hurting people today, and people need help. My thought on that is that was a great thing done by God uh, during that time period uh, to add that many people and to see that many souls saved. And I want to go into this message this morning with this thought. You know, God can still do great things. And God can still do great things here through us in this church and in this city and with our families and with our friends. And so I want to go into this message with that thought here. And as far as this passage here, 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24, obviously he's not talking about the church or churches. We find here a passage with Samuel talking about the talking to the nation of Israel uh, as far as going forward after making what we call a poor decision. They chose to have a king instead of looking to God. They wanted to be like the world. I think they regretted it. Have you ever made a decision where you regret it? You know, the next day say, "Oh, why did I do that?" Or uh, "Why should I? Why did I think on that? Why didn't I, you know, do this?" Well, they regretted it. And they were concerned that God was angry with them and that God would forsake them. And we have here uh, Samuel talking to the nation of Israel. And in verse 24 of 1 Samuel chapter 12 is where we find our text this morning. And the title of the message uh, today is, A Great Thing Done by God. A Great Thing Done by God. 1 Samuel chapter 24. Uh, I have three thoughts. We're going to talk about fearing the Lord, 
uh, following the Lord, and then focusing on the Lord. Focusing on the Lord. And this morning, I hope uh, that this message will encourage you as you uh, serve the Lord in your life and also our church uh, as we go forward. It says here in verse 12 or verse 24, excuse me, of 1 Samuel. Let me get over there and get in the right passage here. 1 Samuel chapter 12, and, and I'm going to read verse 24. Uh, one more time to you again this morning as we get into this passage. It says, uh, verse 24, Only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all your heart, for consider how great things He hath done for you. So let's start here this morning. Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. I have two thoughts I want to share with you on fearing the Lord. First, uh, we should fear His power. Okay, understand God is powerful and He is mighty. And then the second aspect of that is His presence in this world and in your life. So let's talk about this first. How about the, the power of the Lord? You know that word fear in this verse? It means to be afraid or to have, to have a reverence, a respect is what that word is referring to. Uh, the, th- the thought is not necessarily crippling fear. You know, when you are afraid of something and you just freeze, it's not that as much as it is a humbling fear. Uh, a fear that produces reverence and respect of someone or something. Uh, a fear that demands that you look to someone. And that's what this is. It's a fear saying you should respect God. Have a reverence for God because of who He is, because of the power He has and the, the might that He has and how He can work in this world and control our lives. Let's just consider for a moment what God did in this passage. Notice what Samuel did. We've read the passage there. Samuel uh, asked that God would send down rain. You know, there are very few people in the history of the world that have asked God for something like that and for it to happen. And Samuel's one of them. He said, God, will you send this rain and this thunderstorm? Well, what made it even more amazing, it was sent during a time when there was no rain and thunderstorms in the land. That'd be like this here today, as far as Arkansas is concerned. It'd be like uh, asking for snow in August and having it come on down. That just doesn't happen in Arkansas. We barely get snow in any time of the year, let alone middle of August. Here comes a, a big snowstorm just dropping down and not building up and coming, but just instantly. That's what happened here. No wonder the people were in amazement. No wonder they feared God because God just did something great, something amazing that they couldn't explain, they couldn't answer. And so we find a fear there. And here's what I want to encourage you with this morning. It's good to think on God and His power. You know, the Bible tells us the the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When we have a fear of God and a respect of God, then we're going to begin to seek God and look to God. When there is no fear of God then there's no respect of God. And it's going to carry off into our life. I think this morning that's part of the problem in our country today. Because there's no fear of God in in the hearts of people. So they're living unto themselves, doing what they think is best, doing what they, they, they desire, what pleases them. Thinking there's no consequences. Well, there is consequences. God is paying attention. There should be a fear of God in the heart. And when there's a fear of God in the heart, then all of a sudden there's a... Oh, wait, let me stop and consider this. Let me think about what I'm going to do instead of let me just do what I feel like doing. And so we need a fear of God, a good respect and a good reverence of the Lord. And in this case, God gave them something to fear, something to respect. Here's a, a thought for you as far as our message this morning. Let's just think about our church. I mentioned that God blessed it at one point with a revival. I think God can do that again, don't you? And I think that's great. Also, here's another thought. God has preserved this church through the years. 
There's been times where the church struggled, had difficulties, but God has blessed the church. That's the power of God. And we give credit to God. Now, you can even carry that into your personal life. You can look back and say, well, God's blessed me. Look at my family. Look at my my blessings at work. Or look at what God's given me here. You see, when you begin to think about all that God has done for you, begin to focus on Him, have that reverence and that respect. The second one is the presence of the Lord. You know what happened on that day is it became clear that God was there. Samuel prayed for the thunderstorm and here it came. You know, I think sometimes we forget that God is in this world. When I say in the world, He's not, he's not in it like part of the world, but He's here. He's present. He's paying attention. This is His world. This is His creation. And He's here. And He's watching and He's observing. Now, for when I was younger, that used to, you know, of course, out of my parents did it on purpose, but it was used to put fear in me at times, make sure I did right. Hey, pay attention. God's watching. You know, think about what you're saying or doing. And I tell you, it worked. As I got older, though, it, it became more of a comfort than a fear. Knowing that, hey, guess what? You know, God knows if you've been overlooked for a position that you deserved. God knows. God knows if you've been slighted and people are saying things about you that are, that are not right. But guess what? They're just slandering you. And you can do nothing about it. Well, God knows. He, he's paying attention. You see, it becomes a comfort that God is in our life. He's, he's watching. He's protecting. He's taking care of us. You have a trial or a burden. God knows. He knows the burdens you carry. He pays attention to those things. You see, it became clear that God still worked in the world. And this morning, I want to remind you that God still works today. He's still God. And He's still in control. And God still hears the prayers of His people. That's what this was. It was a prayer from Samuel. Prayer is just talking to God. You know, when you look at his prayer, you wouldn't think it was a typical prayer. You know, typical prayers, we have form, function, maybe we think of certain words. You say His prayer was just asking God for something. That's what prayer is. Uh, you may have been in situations like that where you didn't have time to get on your knees. You just had to ask God, please, Lord, help me. Or you ask God to give you direction. Well, here, this was a prayer. And God heard his prayer. This morning, I want to remind you that God still hears prayers. He still hears prayers. Talk to Him. Take your cares to Him. Take your concerns to God. Ask Him for help when you need help. Ask Him for wisdom when you need direction. God hears and God answers His people just like He did Samuel. Now this morning, I don't know if you have any things that are burdens right now that you're carrying. But if you do, take them to God. Let Him help you with those. As far as our church, my thought on this is let's pray for revival this year. Let's ask God to work in the hearts of people, people in our church, just to, to encourage us, strengthen us, people outside the church that, you know, there, there are people maybe in your life that you know are without Christ that need a Savior. I know people in my life that I know the problem. If they would just get things right with God, the, the, the problems would be settled. And I pray for them. Pray for those people. Pray that God will work in their lives. You know, you can even pray for people you don't know. People that you don't know say, Lord... I don't know the person down the street, but I want to pray that you'll work in their heart and and enable me to be a witness to them someday or a testimony. Uh, We should pray that God will bless our church and pray uh, for revival. So I want to ask you to pray for revival this year for our church and ask God to do something great in our church. Next, as far as our outline here, is follow the Lord. Notice what Samuel told him, verse 24. He says, fear the Lord first. And then he says, and serve him in truth with all your heart. In other words, they were to follow God. Not, not just fear him, but now they are to act upon this fear and go forward. They're to serve him in truth. That's direction, by the way. We're talking about direction. Truth. Serve him in truth. In other words, they didn't need to turn away from God at this time. 
They needed to go with God and walk with Him. You know, it's interesting how when we get in trouble sometimes, it's when we tend to turn away from God. Know what I mean by that? You may, you may not vocally say you're turning from God, but I've been there before. All of a sudden, the prayers, I'm not praying like I should, not reading the Bible like I should, not doing what I should be doing, not faithful like I should in, in areas of, of church. It's, it, a lot of it is just because, guess what? I've allowed the world to influence me and I've gone the direction I wanted to go. See, the challenge here is to go the direction God would want us to go. Serve Him in truth. In other words, He is truth. And follow His truth. Follow His teachings. You know, God will never lead you the wrong way. He'll never leave you the wrong way. Uh, here, in this passage, the, the picture is that they've made a mistake. Okay, They made a mistake. They regretted their mistake. They, I believe they wanted to get things right. But they couldn't take it back. Have you ever had that where you, you made a mistake and you couldn't... Uh, you can only apologize for it, but you couldn't fix it? Well, he had to go forward. And basically, Samuel is saying, you know what, now... Don't live in the past. Move forward. Seek the Lord in truth as you go forward. God's going to still bless you. God's still going to take care of you. God's still going to provide. And and he said, and follow truth. In other words, do what is right now. Oh, you may have made a mistake in the past. Right now is when you have to do what's right. You know, I think about our church. I don't think God is as, as interested in the past as we probably are, to be truthful. You know, I think it's good to think about the past, and I think it's good to to give thanks and to learn from it. But, you know, I think God is more interested in today, how we're living right now, what our church is in 2022, not 1922, because that's done. That's in the past. It's, it's, it's finished. God is interested in what we're going to do now. Are we going to walk with Him now? Are we going to honor Him now? Are we going to glorify Him now? Are we going to serve Him now? And that's the direction I want to challenge each of you to go this year. Whether it's as a church or just even as an individual or as a family. Go forward with God. Take, take, go in truth. Go the way that God would want you to go. So let's follow truth today. And you say, well, what is truth? Uh, Jesus said he's truth. So the teachings of Christ are truth. Uh, the scriptures, you have the word of God, that's truth. I encourage you to read the Bible uh, and study it. And that's the direction he challenged them to go, was to go in truth. Notice the dedication they were to have. It says here in verse 24, we'll go back to it. He says, serve him in truth. And then he says, with all your heart. With all your heart. Folks, that's talking about dedicating yourself. Devotion. Serve him in truth with all your heart. Uh, in other words, put everything into it. Don't go halfway with God. Don't go partway. Be faithful and serve Him completely with your life. Now, have you ever, here's some things on this that I think are important. First, you know, when you have incomplete or partial devotion, what I call it, then you're going to have partial blessings. And even what I call partial results, so to speak. Have you ever started a project and only been half-hearted with it? I've done it. There have been projects I started I didn't want to do. But I thought, well, I've got to get this done. I better do it. Some of them are probably still not done today. Because it was, there was just no devotion to it. There was no dedication to it. It was just half-heartedly, so to speak. Well, you know, when it comes to walking with God, that can happen too to the Christian. You know, if you are half-hearted about your Bible reading, then you know you may read the Bible one day, but then the next day you might not. 
Or you may pray if you're half-hearted about it. There may be some things you take to God and some things you won't take to God. You see, it's just not complete devotion. And that's what this passage is talking about here. He says, serve Him with all your heart, with everything you have. All your heart. In other words, dedicate yourself to the Lord. No, no partial allegiance. No, what I would call distracted devotion. No, no. Full allegiance. Complete devotion to God. In other words, one focus and one goal. And you say, Pastor, can I really have that in my life? Yes, you can. You know what that is? That's to glorify God with your life. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's 1 Corinthians 10.31. You know, you can take that and you can carry that into all aspects of your life. You can do that in your home. Think about your home today. You know, you can glorify God with your home. You know, I was challenged by a pastor years back to walk through my house. To walk through my house and just look at different things. And just see if God was glorified with what was there. Now, he wasn't necessarily talking about the couches and the color of the couches. But the direction he went with it was, do you have worldly pictures or do you have things that honor God? I began to think then, I thought, you know what, it would be good to have some verses on the wall. It would be good to, to put some things on the, on the wall that, that glorify God, that encourage me throughout my day. Well, you see, that's an area you can say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to... Full devotion to you in my house. How about your family? Full devotion in your family, leading them after God and the ways of God. Uh, how about your personal life? Read the Bible. Make it a, a purpose that you're going to read the Bible every day. Uh, pray. Talk to God every single day. Take your cares, your concerns to Him. You know, as a church, everything we do should glorify God. Everything. Every ministry should glorify God. If something is not glorifying God as a church, then we just need to cut ties with it or not do it. Because everything we do should glorify God. Everything. And that's what he says here. Serve God with your whole heart. Complete allegiance to the Lord. So this morning, excuse me, here's my challenge to you. Just examine your, your heart, your life. And ask yourself, Lord, or ask the Lord to show you. Lord, are there ways that I don't have devotion? Are there some areas in my life right now that I've been holding on to? I've been holding back. Or are there some areas in my life I'm just not dedicated to you? And then when God shows you, then act upon it. Okay, act upon those things. Okay, I'm going I'm to change this year. I'm going to dedicate myself to this. I want to make sure that I have complete devotion to the Lord. And that's what we find here. They had challenged to have complete devotion. Let me turn over, if you would, James chapter 1. <coughs> Excuse me, James chapter 1 this morning. And verse 5, I'm going to read this passage here, James 1, verse 5. He says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Think about that for a moment. Here he says, you know what? If you lack wisdom, if you want wisdom, ask God. He's going to give it to you. But here's some conditions. You've got to have faith. Okay? You've got to believe. And second, you've got to believe completely. You can't be unstable in this. 
You notice that verse there, he says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You know what a double-minded man here, the passage here is referring to someone, as far as being double-minded, someone who is got two directions they're trying to go. That's what it's referring to. Uh, I guess as far as a Christian, we can be double-minded when we try to please ourselves, but then we're also trying to live for God. Right? Well, I want this, but I also want to please God. Well, at some point, you're going to have to say, my will or your will, God. You see, double-minded, you're not going to go anywhere. Another thought on double-minded is when you're living for the things of the world, yet trying to be a Christian. That's difficult, by the way. See, God says that's unstable. But we, what He wants is someone who is going to believe in Him, put their faith in Him, trust Him, and live for Him. And then when you do that, that's what we find, devotion and dedication to God. Uh, you think of partial allegiance. Basically, partial allegiance is not going to be blessed. Okay, there has to be one goal and one focus. You know, you think of athletes today. I enjoy watching sports. I don't know if any of you do here today enjoy sports of any kind. I do. You know, for the most part, professional athletes are devoted to their their, their profession. Uh, that's why they've reached the part that they've reached or where they've reached. You know, some of them even specialize in one position. That's it. That's all their focus is on one thing. Not many things, one thing. You know, as Christians, no matter what you do in this world as far as your career or the direction you're going, your focus should be on God on glorifying Him with your life and living unto Him. You see, what we find here is we're not to attempt to, to mix goals or, or, or to mix the world with God. We're to seek God, live for the Lord, and strive to be holy. Strive for holiness. Try, strive to be what God would want you to be. And this morning, I want to encourage you to do that as you walk with the Lord. That's dedication. Dedicate yourself this morning. As a church, we need to make sure we are dedicated Dedicated to doing the work God has for us. And here's a thought for you. I, I read this recently. This Actually, I say recently. It's about five years ago. I read a pastor uh, of a church. We would consider a large church. It was running over 400 people. But the church had struggled with some areas. And the pastor had written an article. It was, a, it was about a two-year period. He said he noticed that there were just problems. The church stopped growing and problems. What he did, though, is he went through and he shut down all the ministries for one year. He said, he goes, we've lost focus, is what we've lost. He goes, we, we, he goes, we're becoming mechanical, is the way he put it in his article. He said, we became mechanical. He goes, we lost focus. He goes, we, he goes we, we're beginning to look more like a corporation than a church. He shut down all the ministries. And for one year, he went back to the basics. He said he had classes, and he taught, and that was about it. At the end of the year, they began to add the ministries again. And guess what? The, the church is flourishing. It's grown. Why? Because he got the focus back again. It was back towards God and doing what was right. It's so easy to lose focus, even as a church. Make sure we understand that we're here for a purpose. Not to occupy land. Not to build buildings. First, we're here to reach souls. Okay, The Great Commission. We're to take the gospel out. We're to take it to everyone out there. Whether it's here in Little Rock or supporting missionaries so they can go overseas. We're to take the gospel out. And then once someone is saved, we're to do our part to teach them the ways of God. Obviously, baptize and then teach them the ways of God. And so that focus, that's the church. That's what we're here for. And let's pray that God will bless us as we go forward in that this year. Here's the last one here. And that's the focus on the Lord. He says here in verse 24, only fear the Lord. We talked about the fear. And then he says, serve him in truth with all your heart. So we talked about uh, following him. And then here's the third one. For consider how great things 
he hath done for you. Consider how great things he hath done for you. So Samuel says, lastly, focus on God. Focus on God. First, consider the past. You know, there's nothing wrong with considering the past. I think we should learn from the past. When we don't learn from the past, then we can repeat the same mistakes, right? You don't learn from your mistakes, you're going to repeat them. So we learn from the past. We learn positive, we learn negative. Uh, You know, you learn, hey, this is what I should do, or this is what I should not do. So we learn from the past. But we've got to be careful of living in the past. So let me talk first about how we're to consider. You know that word consider means to think on. and actually means to take heed. In other words, take notice of something. Now in this passage, they were to think about what God had just done, which was send an incredible storm upon Samuel's prayer in a time when there should be no storms. In other words, something great God did. Well, you know, there are a lot of things in our life we can look back on and say, you know, God did something great. How many of you are saved here this morning? You know, when you were saved, God did something great. He did something great for you. He saved your soul. Gave you a new life. That's something great. If you're not saved here this morning, then pray about, hey, you know what? Maybe God can do something great for me today. I can be saved. But think about that. Never forget the time God saved your soul. That's a blessing that God has done for you. So always consider that. Also, you know, we're to consider other great things done by God. And be encouraged by those things. Why? So we remember God's greatness. We don't forget what God has done. We don't forget what God can do. And then we look to Him to do more. We honor Him and we glorify Him. So we should consider what God has done. I think about the church. We mentioned a few things. God has blessed our church. And we should ask Him to bless the church again. Ask Him to continue to bless this church. Well, you can also apply this to your life. Think about the blessings God has given you. And you can ask Him to continue those blessings. To sustain you where you are. To bless you. You see, the challenge here for Israel was, they, were, they had a new king, they were going a new direction, and Samuel wanted them to focus on God. That's the one who was going to provide the blessings. Focus on the Lord. That's what he wanted them to do. So, we're not to live in the past, and that leads me to my final thought, but we're to learn from it so we can have courage for today. Courage to live for God right now. 2022. So you can do what God would want you to do today. You can be faithful to God in this generation. You can be a blessing to people that are alive right now. And so when we remember what God has done, that should encourage us to be faithful right now. Think about all God's done for you. How, how good He's been. That should encourage you as you go forward in life. When you face a difficult time, you say, well, you know what? God's got me through this other difficult time. God's blessed me so far. God will bless me again. God's given me wisdom when I asked in the past. I'm going to ask for more wisdom today. God has given me this. God has given me this. So, so let those blessings, let those things in the past be an encouragement to you uh, as you go forward and as you serve God. And, and I encourage you to think about how good God has been. You see, basically he wanted them to focus on God. Because it was God who provided all of the blessings. Uh, by the way, let me just share this with you. And not to get political this morning or too political. Because it's not just with our government. Almost every government that's around today and through history has always wanted the people to rely upon the government. Right? I mean, you, you read history, you'll find that. Well, I think we should thank God for good governments, good leaders. But we should rely upon God. Amen. It's God who we are to look to. Because God is perfect. 
people are imperfect. And even if they mean best or they mean well, they don't know all things. But God knows all things. We're to rely upon God. We're to trust in God. We're to look to God. And that's, when you think about it, that's a challenge here. Because they just got a king. And the natural reaction probably for the people would be to rely upon the king. And Samuel's saying, respect the king, of course, follow the king, but rely upon God. Look to God and focus on Him because God is the one who has the power to give you blessings and to bless your life. Uh, so as far as the courage, you know, we're to live today. Learn from the past and live today. You know, about 30 years ago, one of the pastors of this church challenged the church. I'm going to give you the same challenge here this morning. He challenged the church. Here's what he said. He goes, you must choose between remaining sentimentally in the past or looking by faith into the future. You know, every generation has to make that decision. And as a church today, we need to make that decision. We've got to say, you know what, I'm, I'm grateful for the past, but I want more blessings today. I want to see God work great in 2022 and 2023 and, and onward. I want to see God's blessings going forward. You see, we'd have to have courage to live today. You know, in closing here this morning, I'm going to give you a, a conversation I had. Uh, and I'll wrap it up with this thought. Conversation I had a few years ago, several years ago, with a pastor who, who's still in the ministry. And God has blessed his, his ministry. We were just in casual conversation at a conference once, talking about different things. And the subject of church came up. We were talking about churches. And we were talking about how, you know, the, some churches die. Some churches last for one generation. Some, not at all. Uh, as far as um, lifespans of churches, what we were talking about. And for those who, who may not know, they're, they're, here, here's where it is right now. The median life of an age or the median age of churches in America today is about 73. That's median age. Uh, most churches don't make it past seven years. It's kind of interesting. I didn't know that. Most churches don't make it past seven years. If they make it past seven years, the average age is 60, 65 years old. One person put it this way. It's hard to, hard to gauge. He goes, but it's within uh, you know, five to ten years of 60, 65 years old. So uh, in other words, most churches, if they can get past that seven to ten year period, have a good chance of lasting you know, a long time. Now that's average, of course. You know, each church is different. Anyway, we brought that up in conversation. We were just talking about that. And, and uh, I, I brought it up. We were talking. And, and I asked him, I said, well, you know, you, I've also heard people say it's easier to start a church than to, to take a church and see it grow. And he, and he laughed. He goes, I've heard the same thing. And then he looked at me and said, he goes, but is that, is that Bible? And I said, no, it's not. And I'll never forget what he said. He looked and said, he goes, well, I believe God can give life to an old church just as easy as he can to a new church. Amen. You see, the power is not in the church. The power is in God. Amen. And so a Central Baptist church, yeah, we've been here 100 years. I want to see God do something great today. Amen. I want to see a great thing done by God in this year. And I hope everyone here is part of that. And be involved. And see God do that great thing in this church. Let's pray for revival. Let's do our part to get involved and to be witnesses and a testimony. You see, that's what Samuel wanted them to grasp. He wanted them to get a hold of God. That's what he wanted them to do. He wanted them to realize that the power is in God. He's the one who gives life. He's the one who strengthens. He wanted them to fear God, follow God, and focus on God. And this morning, I want to challenge you as a pastor to apply that to all areas of your life. Apply that to you as your, your own personal life. Grab hold of God. Fear Him. Follow Him and focus on Him. Do that with your families and with your church.
You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.